This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on blockbases.com. That is blockbases.com. What an exciting time to be in crypto huh? and the cosmos in general. Yeah, uh, where are you calling in from? I'm sitting here in Copenhagen in Denmark. Oh, okay, very cool. Yeah, I was actually over in Asia for the last few weeks, uh, but now I'm here back nice. in the U.S. Going to be over at Consensus next week. Beautiful. Yeah, I would love to go there, but uh, family life keeps me anchored to Copenhagen these days. <laughs> yep, totally understand. <laughs> So where in the U.S. are you normally based? East side, we're in San west Francisco. side? Yeah, most of us are in SF. We have some folks in New York, some guys in Austin, Puerto Rico. So BD folks tend to be distributed, but we try to keep the engineers here in SF. Yeah. Yeah, and Super. we're actually hiring pretty aggressively. A lot of folks in SF. So I think this office will be growing a little bit. Cool, cool. Yeah, I looked at the different profiles you're you're expanding also the the biz dev as you say like the business team it seems like yeah uh gonna be bringing on a head of bd soon hopefully and then yeah just mostly engineering is always the need given i mean we assign solution engineers to each of our partners we are obviously building a bunch of core engineering stuff so we're just Mm -hmm. totally at capacity makes sense makes sense but all right. I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll get into uh, to all this. And uh, just so you know, uh, up front, we are recording this and blasting it out on various different uh, platforms, podcasting platforms. So uh, you can always re-listen and uh, we make sure to uh, maximize the reach as much as possible uh, of what we're going to talk about today. Um, so yeah, if, uh, if you don't have any questions, uh, I guess we can just kick it off. Yeah, let's go ahead and get started. And maybe we can leave a little bit of time at the end for maybe audience questions. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, welcome everyone to the Cosmos Club, where we talk all things Cosmos, we tweet daily about what's going on, and then we invite interesting, fascinating, hardworking builders of the Cosmos ecosystem to spaces like these. Today we've got Neil from Eclipse. Welcome, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I like to uh, start these uh, spaces with uh, a bit of a personal angle to to begin with, uh, about you, Neil, and uh, how you got involved with uh, Eclipse, crypto as a whole, if you like, or Cosmos. Um, so yeah, uh, what, whatever you feel like starting with, uh, who is Neil and how did you end up working with and for uh, Eclipse? Yeah, so my background is as a software engineer. I used to be an engineer over at Airbnb. Then I moved to Citadel. I was a quant over there. And I first got interested in crypto professionally, basically from Terra, which is kind of an unfortunate entry into crypto. <laughs> but I was just interested in stable coins. And it's just hard to resist the, I mean, just it's so compelling. Saw the stable coin that was growing rapidly, absolutely ripping, all kinds of interesting use cases. Uh, but the threat that I was thinking about was there just weren't enough use cases for that stable coin. So I was initially building an EVM in Cosmos 
to kind of bring a lot of the Ethereum ecosystem to these Cosmos chains. And the thinking at that time was that there's going to be a ton of L1s. Terra was one, but maybe there'd be a lot of other layer ones in Cosmos that would do really well. So this VM could be used on a lot of these chains. And then ultimately, once Terra depegged, I thought, you know what? I don't think that's the path to scaling crypto. The Celestia team reached out, and I was chatting with them for a while, uh, chatting with folks at ZeroX Park and a few other uh, research institutes, and just became very roll-up-pilled, just thinking that a lot of the benefits you get with your own layer one blockchain, you can basically achieve through roll-ups. So that was the motivation to enter the roll-up space. And the idea was almost providing the cosmos of roll-ups, where people can deploy their own roll-up, or as we say, build your own roll-up, where you choose the virtual machine, you pick the base layer, and this was motivated by use cases like gaming, physical infrastructure, some of the stuff that I was seeing in uh, Chicago when I was living there and chatting with a lot of the folks in the Solana community. And initially, I was motivated by DeFi because I thought DeFi makes sense for app chains because they can recapture MEV. They can do all kinds of like fancy things to increase value accrual to their token. But what we found in practice is that some of the early DeFi protocols that we were chatting with, and actually some of them have reached out again recently, but a lot of those early protocols, the biggest concern was just the lack of liquidity after, uh, I mean, especially after FTX. Mm-hmm. And being on their own app chain doesn't really solve that. But now that there's been more thought put into it, there are ideas around like shared liquidity and better interoperability that actually could be- bring some uh, like better liquidity to these DeFi protocols. And, uh, and on some of the Eclipse chains, like Polygon's SVM chain or Injective, they have these liquidity programs where like Polygon, for example, actually puts BDs on that chain and they're willing to incentivize the projects on there through, through liquidity. Beautiful. And yeah, you already started uh, talking about the uh, Polygon SVM chain and the Injective SVM chain, um, which is super exciting, by the way. But uh, perhaps just for the uninitiated, can you explain what, uh, what you guys are building at Eclipse um, as if we are five, maybe 10 years old? Um, dumb it down for us a bit. What is Eclipse? Yeah, so explaining to a five-year-old obviously loses some technical details, but the way I would say it to a five-year-old or to like the Disneys of the world, folks, well, actually, Disney has like a head of innovation, but folks who do maybe are not as familiar with crypto, is it's like build your own blockchain. Hmm. So you get a blockchain just for your application or just for your community, and with your own blockchain, you can customize a lot of those features so that it's specialized for almost Web2 scale applications. So maybe you want to build in things like verifiable randomness which is typically very expensive or very or just impossible to get on a layer one blockchain or maybe you want to build in something that has insane throughput requirements now you can really blow up your own chain and you get all those benefits and then the nuanced version of that is that there are already like ways to build your own blockchain there's cosmos there's polka dot uh there's like that's already a concept but those are layer one blockchains Mm -hmm. and layer one blockchains try to provide for their own security they have to bootstrap validators they have to have all this infrastructure like bridges and indexers. And by making that a roll-up instead, which is a different type of scaling solution, then you can avoid a lot of those pitfalls and it ends up being much more convenient. Hmm. I see. So yeah, it's uh, building roll-ups um, on top. So uh, is it similar to just people who are familiar with the Ethereum ecosystem? Is it similar like approach that you guys have from there or talk to us about how you compare to existing. Yeah, that's a tricky question. Uh, Okay. So the way that you can think about it is there's well, there's, I mean, so many ways to try to like understand the roll up as a service or roll up SDK space. But that's probably the first axis that you'd want, which is to what degree do you have to be like a serious infrastructure developer? Do you need to dive into the code of the sequencer? Do you need to make modifications yourself? Or is this an out of the box solution where, 
maybe like for games, for example, a lot of what they request is pretty standard. They have some custodial questions around wallets. They probably want to charge gas in some special way, whether charge USDC or just make it gasless. There's only a couple base layers that they'd want. Maybe they want VRFs, but there's almost like a menu of options that they're probably going to be picking from. And it's rare that they exceed that. And there, there are examples where people exceed that, such as Curio, which is backed by BainCap. And those guys really violate a lot of the standard things that like any of these gas forks would typically have, like smart contract constraints and gas limits. But for most games, they're not of that level. So that's the first question. Is it a roll-up as a service or is it a roll-up SDK? Hmm. And then the second question is, does it rely on some honest majority assumption or is it an honest minority? And what that means is if you're an honest majority, it means that you're basically tied to some layer one blockchain, which has an honest majority assumption tied to it. Such as, I mean, right now, that's how Ethereum is. If you run a full node, obviously, you don't need an honest, honest majority. But if you're like a light client using Ethereum, then you're relying on an honest majority assumption. And that's also the case for bridging implicitly, because bridging is basically a light client. Uh, and then if, if you're something like, and these are some other examples that you might not be aware of, but there's like Dimension or Initia. These are examples of honest, my, honest majority chains that are spun up in Cosmos, and they're intended to act as base layers for rollups. And, uh, you know, there's different ways you can think about the design space for this. But I, I, you could make an argument that that specific setup does not make as much sense. Because when you have an honest majority chain that's attempting to compete with Ethereum as a settlement layer, then you're pretty much always going to lose to Ethereum. Because Ethereum has the most security backing it. Mm. And, and, yeah, the fees are higher on Ethereum, but that's the whole point. And as, as the security on your chain increased, you would end up with similar contention anyway. So it, it, that's mm. not, it doesn't really, like, so, solve it doesn't really like leverage the greatest part of rollups, which is that you get to share security. So mm. th that's the honest majority point. And then for honest minority actors, that'd be like us, for example, that'd be sovereign labs. And these are rollups where at the core, they don't, act, they don't ever make an honest majority assumption. So that might mean they're passing ZK proofs or fault proofs directly to like clients. And there's some way so that you never have to have an honest majority assumption. So that's, that's the design space. So the way, place that we sit at is it's an honest minority Roll up as a service. I Sovereign see. Labs, uh, I mean, it depends where it's deployed, but uh, it, it, it's pretty much, my understanding is that it's a roll up SDK rather than a roll up as a service, and it's also an honest minority. Dimension would be honest majority roll up SDK, and something like OP stack would be honest majority because it's on Ethereum, and that's a roll up SDK. I see. Or no, we're, well, actually, some of these folks are building, like Caldera, Conduit, those are roll ups as a service. So, uh, but, but basically, the the downside of using something like that is that now you're tied to Ethereum. Whereas with Eclipse and when you're an honest minority, you can float around between different layer ones. Beautiful. Yeah, I was just trying to uh, sort of place you in the ecosystem, if you will. Um, and also, I guess, place you in terms of the stack. Um, and perhaps you can talk more about that. Most people on this uh, channel or in this account, they obviously are passionate about Cosmos. They probably know about the Cosmos stack, uh, tech stack with the SDK. You got Tenement, Consensus. You got IBC. Um, so talk to us about how Eclipse sort of fits into the normal, let's say, quote unquote, uh, Cosmos stack. How do you guys see yourself uh, complement the uh, the Cosmos stack? Yeah, well, the parts of the Cosmos stack that we borrow are is basically IBC. We implement IBC for these rollups. And the reason for that is that, one, we need a way to message between our rollups, but we can also message between other Cosmos L1s. Like for our injective chain, this allows us to pass messages between uh, injective and back to our chains. So we implement IBC, but we don't use the Cosmos SDK. So we don't use ABCI. We don't use any of that stuff. 
And there are actually ways to turn like a Cosmos SDK chain into a rollup on Celestia. That's like Optimant, or now they call it Rollkit. But uh, but yeah, this this isn't that would basically be an SDK uh, in terms of that like rollup SDK to rollup as a service mapping. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. So um, so yeah, let's uh, talk. You mentioned Celestia. You mentioned Dimension. Dimension we actually had on um, before uh, on a space. Um, so for anyone interested, they can check that out also. But talk to us about modularity. This is something that uh, is definitely gaining momentum and uh, for good reasons, <laughs> I think, is fair to say. So uh, yeah, perhaps uh, from the uh, from the lion's mouth, if you will, Neil, uh, talk to us about modularity and modular blockchains, why they are so exciting. Uh, can you Can you explain to us basically why this is perhaps the future of blockchain? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of misunderstood because modularity just means sharing infrastructure. That's basically what modularity is about. Hmm. So rollups, volitions, validiums, these are all modular blockchain architectures. But the difference is that uh, like for a normal, let's say you're a rollup on Ethereum or something and you're using Ethereum for settlement, so it's a smart contract rollup, then you don't actually get to swap out that piece. So people think that modularity means you get to mix and match the pieces and pick and choose, but that only comes with certain architectures. So, for example, Hyperlane's a bridge where I'd say you get to kind of mix and match and pick and choose the ISMs, the, the security modules. Whereas uh, something like, uh, there, there are bridges where you could argue they're divided into modules, but you can't swap those modules so easily. So, so that's, that's the way to think about it. It's like mo- modularity means that modules exist, but they can't necessarily be swapped. Hmm. I see. And talk to us about Celestia, because I think more and more people are, are starting to pay attention and... Uh... And be super keen on uh, on the the Celestia work that they've done over quite some time now. Um, how do you guys work with Celestia or use Celestia Tech uh, just to understand the relationship there? And then we we'll move on. Yeah, to, well, there's uh, some of the first people that we talked to back in June when the Eclipse Live paper was first being written. Mm. Uh, we were working with Mustafa and Nick over there, mm. uh, and and there's some of the one, and even like the idea of a sovereign rollup basically originates from Celestia. But people, I think they underestimate the importance of things like Celestia because what it means is that there's going to be seriously an abundance of block space. And people think that doesn't matter because they see plenty of block space available on Solana or Aptos or something. But it actually does matter because those, those, the block space on Solana and Aptos are basically restricted to the state transitions that Solana and Aptos allow. Whereas mm-hmm. now this is just straight generic block space. Celestia doesn't let you even smart, execute smart contracts on Celestia if you wanted to. So that means you can deploy arbitrary execution layers on top, and you can just utilize that block, that block space, like, like the name suggests, as a module. So th- that's what's significant about it. And I think if people are going to quickly realize once Celestia is launched, that it's almost like before Celestia and after in terms of the difference of, in what's enabled by in crypto. Hmm. It's truly exciting, to be honest. And uh, yeah, it will be great to see when, uh, when that happens. Maybe the, it will be the catalyst event for the next bull run. Who knows? But uh, talking about partnerships, let's uh, let's talk about Injective. Let's talk about Polygon. We can start with Injective. We had the bond, I think, a week ago, pretty recently, at least. Um, oh, awesome! Who did you they... have on from Injective? Eric. So. Um, oh, great! Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, Injective is great. So what we're basically doing for them, it's Cascade, and it's a chain that is a Solana VM. So. This is like partly a go-to-market tool for the injective community. Hmm. So it's, projects on Solana can now deploy very easily to the injective cascade chain, and they can utilize all of their existing Solana tooling. But now gas is paid in injective. They have native messaging with the injective L1. Uh, 
uh, and they can in the future there's going to be additional features that are specific to that ecosystem. So that's what in, what we're doing with Injective. We actually just had an AMA with them as well. Uh, we had a Twitter space nice. with them, Solana, and Celestia. Nice. Yeah, I mean, Injective is killing it these days. Not just in price action of the IMG token, but just in general as, as an ecosystem, as as a product or multiple products, if you will. Um, it's pretty awesome to see. So yeah, what? Why? Why focus on Solana? Talk to us about Solana here. So, I mean, that's one option for the virtual machine, right? We do a lot of EVM chains, and actually pretty much all the games that run with Eclipse use EVM. Hmm. But the advantage of using uh, AskVM is that n- now you get all the parallelism. That's, I mean, also our EVMs use AskVM under the hood, for the record. So even our EVMs parallelized. But by using the AskVM, that's how you can really max out the throughput. It is basically the best VM out there right now in terms of just raw performance. Hmm. And right now there's all, this, all these different bytecodes that are coming to the Solana VM as well. So, for example, you can use Seahorse Lang with Anchor, and you can write a, a Python program and run that on the, on the SVM. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's local fee markets, which all these rollups are going to need eventually. Mm-hmm. And what, what's funny is that, like on Arbitrum or something, it's kind of like a bearish thing. I mean, I don't want to like, say anything's bearish for anyone else, but if, if an ecosystem doesn't have local fee markets, it means that they haven't had the need for it, meaning they haven't had serious state contention, where, uh, such as like an NFT mint or something like that. And the reason why Solana had to develop that feature is pro- pretty much because they were the first for, uh, for like serious adoption, especially in the way of NFT mints. Hmm. And uh, we can't mention SV- anything about Eclipse and SVM without mentioning the Polygon SVM. Polygon is another ecosystem, obviously, that is killing it <laughs> and uh, will probably only grow in importance from here. So, uh, yeah, talk to us about that partnership also. Yeah, a similar idea. A similar to Injective, it's a chain where, I mean, the, the big difference is that Polygon has some liquidity incentives for, for DeFi apps that deploy to that chain. They'll also do some BD work for that chain. Uh, we often share projects with them and vice versa. Hmm. But uh, this is if you want to be a part of the Polygon ecosystem, basically. Uh, and it uses a different data availability layer under the hood, uh, whereas the Injective chain right now, it's centralized DA, and I think it'll eventually move to Celestia. I see. I see. What do you think, just out of curiosity, really, maybe, maybe this is a bit left field, but what do you think will happen to Solana? I mean, there's a lot, obviously there was a lot of speculation out there at TX, but the community and the ecosystem just seems to move on, really. Well, I mean, so Render just moved to Solana. I don't know if you're familiar with that project. It's a tip-in project. Hmm. Helium just launched Mainnet just a few days ago. True. Uh, so I think a lot of these physical infrastructure projects are moving to Solana, and it's, it's largely because of the SVM. Uh, but, but yeah, I think they've actually done pretty well in way of like cutting edge uh, like entryways into different verticals. Solana Phone or Saga, I think, is really impressive, and I think mm-hmm. we might actually integrate that into the Eclipse chains. So yeah, in, in way of BD, I think they've identified their strength. And what's funny because Solana used to be like a DeFi chain, and that's how they started their branding. Then it became more of an NFT chain, yeah. and I think what it will grow into is just like a chain for these cutting edge consumer use cases. Why do you think that is? Is that because of raw performance or throughput? Or like... I, I think it's really raw performance. Yeah, because mm. I mean, if you try these projects, could have built on like Aptos or something, right? But I yeah. think the performance just isn't there at this point. Mm. I see. There's also a really organic community for the Solana ecosystem, and that, that's something that I think a lot of these L ones could try to replicate. Interesting. So I want to invite uh, people to ask questions if they have any. Uh, but uh, before I do that, um, I want to. Look a bit ahead, because I know that's something that excites people, obviously. Uh, you guys have come very far, uh, evidently, from just these past 20 minutes uh, we've lined up. Um, but how does the roadmap look like from, uh, for Eclipse? You guys are expanding quite rapidly. 
people can look at the jobs page also for all the different career openings. But uh, how does the uh, roadmap look like? Yeah, so we have these 10 uh, projects in our early access program launched. We've been getting feedback on those chains. And this is like kind of a secret, but we have a second batch of the early access program coming out. These mm-hmm. projects are a little bit bigger names. Uh, but yeah, if folks really have an interesting use case for Eclipse. Uh, we're especially interested in stuff related to real-world assets and privacy right now. So if you guys want to reach out to us related to that, uh, we can obviously uh, like prioritize those kinds of conversations. We're still doing a lot of games. Uh, and then for some like major layer ones, we're spinning up some roll-offs coming up pretty soon. Beautiful. And uh, people are obviously asking, uh, no token on the roadmap anytime soon. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's hard to commit to tokens and stuff uh, just for, like, uh, like regulatory reasons. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, regardless, there'll be some, like, uh, I, I think that the there's, like, pretty clear revenue models for roll-ups and things like that. No worries. But you know I have to ask, man. <laughs> so just trying my luck here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, let's assume that you succeed in, uh, in your roadmap and uh, all the things you have lined up and execute perfectly. How do you see the future for Eclipse and, I guess, rollups as a whole? Yeah, so I think we'll expect, I mean, if you look at the number of Cosmos chains out there, there's probably about 100 actually used Cosmos chains. Of course, anyone can just spin up a chain pretty easily. Mm-hmm. It's not too hard to just use like all the existing tooling for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, there's not actual like usage on those chains because it's just so hard to bootstrap the liquidity and there's so much fragmentation. But I could seriously see like thousands of rollups being actively used in the future. I think we're going to see that in the coming years. So I think that's what the future would hold. And a lot of these apps are going to be things that we probably couldn't have seen on layer one blockchains just because the level of customization or just raw TPS requirements that they that they have. Interesting. And and guys, by the way, feel free to request to speak uh, if you have a question. But just a quick follow up, Neil. Um, if that is uh, happening. Um, do you think do you think something like IBC is required? Because having so many bridges and moving by assets back and forth and all that kind of stuff, uh, to me that doesn't seem realistic to have you know thousands of rollups if it's not super easy with something like IBC to move value liquidity around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, IBC is a necessity, so that's why that was like one of the first features that we implemented and that we prioritized, and that's nice. actually what we got a Solana Foundation grant for. Nice. I don't have any requests uh, so far. Um, so I guess a question that I can ask you, Neil, is Is there anything that we left out uh, today? I know you are a very busy man and you guys have a lot of work to do <laughs> to make uh, all these things happen. Is there anything we left out that you want to dive more into? Uh, I think that the number one thing is for anyone who listens to this either now or later, they could check out the docs for Cascade, which is the injective SVM chain, hmm. or for Nautilus, which is an EVM chain. Both of these docs are publicly available. People should try out those chains and reach out to us with feedback. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I know Eric and the whole injective team is uh, is doing what they can also to blast us out. They, uh, as I mentioned, they came on uh, uh, at the Cosmos Club here, and uh, they just seem to uh, pound the table and get this out <laughs> to the world. Great. Yep. And looking forward to uh, we have these hackathons coming up with uh, a bunch of these partners. So. Yeah, there'll definitely be some interesting apps being built on these chains. Beautiful. I mean, this is uh, this is truly exciting. Uh, I think a lot of people, especially coming into Cosmos, they they really get sold on the idea of a multi-chain future or roll-up future, where you have you know people uh, chains that can connect or roll-ups that can connect in all kinds of ways. 
via something like IBC and uh, being able to scale that with something like Eclipse, that's just marvelous. That's that's really delivering on the promise of blockchain, I think, in many ways. Yeah, I think it's like a logical end state for Cosmos as a whole. Like, I think that a lot of these layer ones will end up as roll-ups. So I'm glad to be building toward that future. Definitely. I mean, when we look at the applications that we use on a daily basis on our phones or laptops or whatever, they're not... The majority of them are not running on blockchain now, and they won't be anytime soon unless we solve this uh, issue of scaling and connecting and, and all these things. So great job to you and your team. Thank you. appreciate it. All right, Neil. I still have no requests, so I assume no questions from the community, but obviously there's a, there's a tweet that people can uh, comment into and uh, you know, feel free to answer anything that comes in there. But Neil, thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, I hope and I think it's not going to be the last time that we hear from you. Great. Thanks. All right. See ya. Take care. This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score, and if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past, well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on blockbases.com, that is blockbases.com.